Hello, welcome to Asbury. My name is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is where you'll be able to find all of our sermons, as well as interviews and special devotionals. We hope these messages inspire and support you as you grow on your journey of faith. If you have any questions or want to have further conversation, or if you simply like what you hear, connect with Asbury through our Facebook page or by checking out our website at asburymaitland.org. Today is an emotional day for me. You all know me well enough uh, to know that. Uh, I'll be honest and open and candid with you. It's an emotional day for me for a few reasons. Uh, The first, I have really enjoyed being one of your pastors. You all are a fantastic church, a faithful church. You have a lot of fun, and you navigate even the difficulties you experience with a sense of purpose and joy. I, will, I feel emotional today because I will miss you. When I look out, I see your, your faces. I see and hear your stories of the ways that you have felt and experienced God in your life, some of you, through tremendous difficulty. And yet, even in the midst of that loss and grief and cancer and difficulties with your children, God is present God is guiding us and leading us forward. Your witness and your faith has been a gift to me. I will also miss you because I believe in the future that God has in store for you. I've seen your faith, your persistence, your perseverance in the midst of difficulty, and I know that the future is much brighter than what we've experienced these past few years. You know, sometimes it it feels to me like uh, we were in the wilderness. And if you've ever been to the wilderness of Israel, it's rugged, it's barren, it's hot, it's difficult to find your way. The experiences we've shared as a church through seasons of pastoral transitions and a pandemic and all the uncertainty that swirled around us, it felt, at least from my perspective, that we were in the wilderness for a little while. And yet now, I sense that we are on the edge of the promised land, that there is a bright and wonderful future ahead for our church. And I am delighted to see that. And I am also sad because in this version of the story, Pastor Chris is Joshua, the one who leads us across the river into the promised land. And I, I'm Moses. I'm staying here in the wilderness and going in another direction. Uh, So I, I lament that I won't be able to be with you in the midst of the good things that are on the other side of the wilderness. But I believe with conviction that you are close and that God will provide incredible blessing and fruitful ministry to our church. So as I was reflecting on what I want to share with you today, I was inspired by the words of the Apostle Paul and what he spoke to the church in Ephesus. So hear now these words spoken to their church, but also spoken to our church. I have heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and your love 
toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of God's great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and made Christ the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Paul makes an amazing claim in those last two verses. Did you catch it? I'll read it again, but I'll insert uh, the word Christ instead of he. And he has put all things under his feet and made Christ the head of all things for the church, which is Christ's body the fullness of him who fills all in all. We had communion last Sunday. You, you probably remember. Uh, and at that time, we prayed a liturgy over communion. I, I prayed it right here in this very fellowship hall. Part of that liturgy says, make this be, when it says make this, that this is referring to the bread and the fruit of the vine, which is just a fancy way to say grape juice. Let's acknowledge that. Make this bread and the fruit of the vine uh, be for us the body and the blood of Christ so that, why? So that we may be the body of Christ for the world redeemed by his blood. We may be the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. For who? For everyone, for the whole world. When we take communion each time, we pray a version of that prayer, asking that through that holy meal, God will make us the body of Christ, not just for ourselves, but for the whole world, so that the whole world can experience what it's like to be loved by Jesus, that they can experience the transforming love of God through us. And so, That is the the vision of us as the church. And the good news of the gospel is that if we are the body of Christ, we are a people of hope. We have a hope to share. We have love to share that should flow out from us naturally. And so I want to take a few of these verses uh, to share how, how we think about this love and how I have seen you share this amazing love. So in verse 15 and 16, Paul says, I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Well, friends, I have more than heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have been a witness to it. 
I have seen you and your faith has inspired my faith, especially during times in the wilderness, especially in times when things were difficult. This is a moment where some people waver in faith. And I've seen your faith strengthened through moments of being in the wilderness. I will never forget Monday, March 9th, 2020. It was the day we had a prayer vigil for Pastor Cameron. And on short, short notice, about 30 people showed up in the chapel to pray for him and to lift him up. The Sunday before, we received news that Pastor Cameron had had emergency brain surgery to remove a cancerous tumor. And I don't know how you were feeling, uh, but I was shocked, I was sad, I was grieving. And in all of that, we thought, okay, what do we do? How do we respond? And the church rallied together to hold one of the most powerful experiences of grace and of, of faithful response that I've, I've ever had uh, with 30 people gathered there, weeping and praying and supporting each other in the midst of that raw emotional moment. I will never forget your faith in the wilderness. In the midst of the pandemic, early on when we thought, and I confess, I didn't know what to do. I don't think anybody knew what to do. And it was very difficult. Uh, but yet in the midst of those moments, I saw gifted and called leaders in our church responding by making phone calls so that everyone in the church had someone checking in on them. Extending our Lenten devotionals so that they ran for over an entire calendar year so that people would each morning have a reminder in their email inbox or on their Facebook page of a little piece of the gospel, a little something to think about, to encourage them, to inspire them over the course of the day. I even remember how we, we started getting into live streaming. I mean, look at us now. We have fancy equipment and cameras and all sorts of other things, uh, but it was kind of a rough go at first we were figuring it out on the fly. And that adaptive leadership that we saw demonstrated in so many areas, these are just a few examples, are what I call faith in the wilderness, hope in the wilderness, embodying God's love even in the midst of adversity and difficulty. In verse 18, Paul talks about this hope, this faith, and he says, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. This faith, this hope, is something that I feel often gets strengthened in the wilderness. But it also is the hope that we bring with us into the promised land, into the reality on the other side of the difficulty, whatever that may be in our collective lives, our personal lives, uh, the ho this hope is not just for a, a distant future. We're not just hoping that we go to heaven when we die. We are hoping that, but there's also more. We're hoping and believing in the reality of God's unfolding kingdom here and now, realized through the ministry of faithful people in Asbury United Methodist Church. And I believe in that because I've seen it. 
I've seen the hope of the kingdom. I've seen it in the way that we celebrated three baptisms on Pentecost and confirmed four young people who are excited to be a part of what God is doing through our church. I see that hope unfolding through the community conversation we hosted in this room on Thursday night, learning more about the history of partnership between the city of Eatonville and the city of Maitland. In the 1880s, black and white people were working together to make their town a better place. Isn't that inspiring and a vision of the beloved community that we would love to see today? I see this hope this hope that moves us towards the promised land in the warmth of morning prayer. Someone told me a couple weeks ago, Mike, I really enjoy seeing your smiling face in, in morning prayer. And I thought to myself, I guess I do smile. Why is it that I smile? And I realized that there is a warmth and a, and a feeling I get when I log on and become a part of that community because I know that there are other sincere and faithful people who are ready and excited to start their day in a time of prayer. And that makes me excited. That's the type of community I want to be a part of. Faithful people gathering together, sincere in their desire to grow in their faith, to pray for one another, to build each other up. This is part of the gift of being the church. I also am inspired and see the promised land when, I, when we celebrated Sean Klein last Sunday. He sent me a picture last week. It's the picture of the nameplate on his new office at the church he is serving in. It's pretty remarkable to think here is someone who heard a call to ministry in and through our congregation and the love that he received here has springboarded him and moved him forward into serving another congregation and doing the work of God on the other side of seminary. That's the promised land. That is so exciting that he is doing that ministry. And I also see that we are on the edge of the promised land when I think about welcoming uh, Pastor Will and his family. What a gift that he gets to join you as you continue on on this journey, I remember the welcome that I received back during a time where you all really didn't even know me. And yet you opened your arms wide and embraced Madeline and I and were so excited to welcome us into the community. It was a wonderful gift. And I hope and I know that you will extend the same welcome to Pastor Will and his family as you continue to embrace and get to know Pastor Chris and Amanda and their wonderful family as well. This is the good news of the gospel. If we are the body of Christ, then we are a people of hope. And being the body of Christ is, uh, I know it's a, it's a language we use in the church, but I've found that it, it really is profound to think of ourselves as the hands and the feet, the skin of Jesus, uh, this is something that, that gives us purpose and deep meaning because we are called to a mission, the mission we, we name at Asbury as knowing the love of Jesus Christ and passing it on. This mission grounds us, and it's something that helped us as we navigated our way through uncertainty. Last year, when we were confronted with decisions that had no precedent, we tried, the leadership team and I tried to say, okay, how does this decision move us towards or move us away from our mission? 
And that mindset, that mentality is exactly what we will need as we keep moving forward towards the promised land, towards where God is calling us. Today is an emotional day for me. I started by telling you that. And I, I feel that because I am, uh, I'm sad to be leaving you. I see how passionate you are about the mission God has given you. And I too share that passion. I love that we share our mission each and every week. It's something that grounds us and reminds us constantly of who we are and why we exist. It's both a theological statement, but also a, a mission statement in that it, it pushes us out the door. It makes me think of the, the stained glass image of Jesus in our sanctuary. Have you ever noticed where his hands are? The hands of, of that depiction of Jesus are about like this. Uh, and what they remind me of is that Jesus is simultaneously saying, welcome, come on in. But he's also saying, get out of here. Go do the mission. Go do what I have called you to do. And that mission, how, how we call it, is something that inspires me. It's something I've dedicated my life to, and I have been inspired by your dedication to the mission, and I admire you for a church that is focused and passionate about the mission. And my prayer for you will, that you keep, will be that you keep that focus, keep that zeal, and continue to pursue that calling that God has placed on your life. And I know that good things will come if we do that faithfully. I know that God is moving in your lives. I look out and I see the ways, uh, I see you and I know your stories and I know that God is moving through different creative ministries in our church and that inspires me as well. So I challenge you to be the mission to be the body of Christ redeemed by his blood and to hold on with both hands to our mission of knowing the love of Jesus Christ and passing it on. So now I want to close this sermon with a liturgy. Uh, this is, uh, you all know, this is a way that we can respond and share together. So I'll, I'll read the first part and then invite you to respond with the words in yellow. I thank each of you and show my gratitude to the friends and members of Asbury United Methodist Church. You have shown me love and support while I have ministered among you. I am grateful for the ways that you have accepted my leadership. I ask forgiveness for the mistakes I have made. And as I leave, I carry with me all that I have learned here and the relationships formed here. I invite you to respond. We I accept your gratitude and forgiveness and I forgive you, trusting that our time together and our parting are pleasing to God. It has been a privilege to be your pastor. Today I release you from turning to me and depending on me. I encourage your continuing ministry here and I will pray for you, for Pastor Chris and for Pastor Will. Let us pray together.
Holy God, your steadfast love for us is from everlasting to everlasting, and we give you thanks for all the holy moments and cherished memories that we have shared together. We commend one another into your care as we move in new directions, trusting in you, believing in the future you have in store for us. Keep us in your love and keep us focused on your mission. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.